It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt. I'm the station manager for LTN Radio. I'm a third-generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. And I'm Mo, the shorter yet louder, and some might even say smarter counterpart of the Back Row. I'm a wife, mom, and super fan of all things friends. Today on the show, it's our season six finale. It's a finale. We also have a game, Tales of Florida Man, Five Random Facts, Things We Love, and more. But first, today is Wednesday, June 30th, 2021, and we've got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. Today is Meteor Day. Mm, get meteor, everybody. N- no. Meteor. Oh. Like in the sky. Like your meat. No. Meat that's yours. Meteor. No. No? No? Mm-mm. No? Not your meat? Meteor. <laughs> Me- meteor, yeah. Okay, so meteor. <laughs> get the double steak. M E T. Get the turf and turf. E O R. Get the Ron Swanson special. The turf and turf. Meteor, meteor, <laughs> meteor shower, meteor. I don't take my steak into the shower. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. It's also sh- social media day. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, it's just your, Discord. It's your it's your weekly reminder that you don't need social media in your life and close all your accounts. But if you're not going to do that, follow us at the Back Row LTN <laughs> pretty much everywhere. <laughs> yes, exactly. <clears throat> it is also game day Wednesday, and Mo is taking on a challenge from her own flesh and blood. Her uh. oldest son, Topher, has agreed to play against Mo for a chance to win an I Beat Mo sticker. Uh, which are supposed to arrive at our studio over the break, but neither of them were informed as to what this game would be about. Today, I'm going to challenge you both in a quiz about a movie that uh, the father of your house loves. Oh, go- okay. What? Three days from now, Back to the Future turns 36 <laughs> years old, and having just watched through the whole trilogy again a few weeks ago, they still hold up. Uh, I've got a quiz on Back to the Future trivia, so let's see who can do Chris the proudest. <laughs> so this is Mo versus her son, Topher. Toffee, he's in the studio. Well, not really. He's in the Discord. How are you doing, Toffee? You know, it's been a day. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about his day. Can I? Can I please? Didn't wake up until noon. We are recording this early. Thank Anybody you. who's listening on the morning show now. Ate a bowl of cereal. <laughs> swept look, the front porch. Look, teenagers have a hard time. Why do you? Why are you giving him such a... Oh, because I'm his mother. That's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, so before we start with this, uh, a reminder to those watching along on Twitch to not write the answers in the Twitch chat, please. And of course, neither contestant here is allowed to Google stuff during the game. All right? Honor uh, system there, Topher. However... Honor However, 
uh, Oriel, you can in fact Facebook message me the answers. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't hear anything about that. <laughs> so this is going to work just like the game that uh, Mo took on Brian uh, worked. I'm going to ask you each a question. Uh, when it's your question, if you get it right, you get two points. If uh, you get it wrong, your opponent has the chance to answer it. And if they get it right, they get one point in most cases. Unless it's one of these, there's only two answers, because then that's not fair. Gosh, I feel like it's going to like okay, it's, go it's, down in flames. It's going to start really easily. It's going to start really easily, okay? <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to give Mo the advantage to let her start first, okay? Ha! Okay. All right, so here we go. How many gigawatts, but he says gigawatts, is of electricity is required to power the flux capacitor to activate the time circuits. No, I don't know. It's a huge plot point of the movie. No, it's said I have no idea. Times. I know it is. I know it is. Chris <laughs> and I have had this conversation multiple times. I don't know. You want to take a guess? No. It's mm. better to take a guess and get possibly right. No. <laughs> no. All right. Topher, do you, Topher, know, the do you know the answer? Uh, crap. I want to say like one and a half. Oh, it's really close. Really close. It's 1.21 with the famous yeah. line of Doc back in 1955. 1.21 gigawatts. The only thing that can yeah. give you that, that kind of power is a bolt of lightning. Nope. That's where it goes. Nope, All right. Well, sorry. that was the easiest question of the night. So this is going to be Great. fun. Number two. This one goes to Topher oh. first. What uh -huh. date? What date? does Marty travel back to in 1955? You know? And this specific date on the calendar... no clue. The specific date on the calendar goes through all three movies as a... a... like historical... watershed date in the history of time travel. Do you want to take a guess? There's 366 possible days. <laughs> Uh, August 2nd. No. No. No, it's in March, isn't it? No. Oh. But you haven't made a guess. Do you want to make a guess? <laughs> no. That was that was my guess. I'll I'll be honest. That you know, was, I really thought Eventually, that it was... you're going to have to start guessing things. <laughs> I literally just said it was in March and I was super confident that it was in March. It's November 5th, 1955. Okay. 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 All right. No. Mo. Mm -mm. What does Doc put in a suitcase in case they don't have it in the future? Underwear. Yes! Really? Cotton underwear. I'm going to give that to you. Good job. Wow. All right. Another underwear question for Topher here. What color is the Calvin Klein underwear that Marty is wearing in 1955? Young Lorraine, his, his future mother, was impressed because she'd never seen that color underwear before in the past. I'm gonna say blue. Ooh, close. Purple. Oh, I didn't Purple. give you the chance oh, okay. to guess. I'm sorry, Mo. Oh well. Ah. Uh, next. Received <laughs> that point. No, sorry. <laughs> All right, uh, Mo. What is the name of Marty's uncle who didn't make parole at the beginning of the film? Bob. <laughs> McFly. No. <laughs> Topher. Hmm. 
Honest, I have no clue. <laughs> Pick a name out of a hat. Let's go. Joe? I'm going to give that to you because it's Joey. Cool. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> Jailbird Joey. Yep. Good job. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Tope, you, you have one point. Mo has two points. All right. Number six, this one goes to Topher. Okay. How much does Biff have to pay to get the manure cleaned out of his car? And we see this in the second movie when he goes back to yeah. 1955 a second time. So I was going to say like a lot of money, but then you were like, it's got to be like a way back when. So yeah, like, a lot of money for 1955. <laughs> $200? Ooh, not quite. Mo. $300. Yes, $300. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, so far, Mo has three. Topher has one. Uh, Mo, Marty dresses up in his hazmat suit and wakes George McFly up to command him to take Lorraine to the dance. He claims he is whom from where? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. But you remember the scene I'm thinking yes. of, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right. No, no guesses? <sighs> no. <laughs> All right. Topher. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Y'all are not doing your father proud here. No. You're the father He's, of the home proud. He claims to be uh, an alien. An alien. Well, <laughs> technically, yes, that's... but that's not enough. <laughs> he claimed... Marvin the Martian. <laughs> no, no. He claims to be Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. <laughs> All right, Topher. What is the name of the band at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance? Like I'm supposed to know. <laughs> yeah, you are. It's your father's favorite movie. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen it multiple times. And since y'all are having such a hard time, I'll even give it to you if you can just tell me the name of the main guy. Because it's like name and the name. Uh -huh. Yeah, I know. I know. If you can mm -hmm. give me the main yeah. name, the dude's the lead's name. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Alfred? No. It's <laughs> the first name that came in my head. No. Mo? no. All that I can think is Casey and the Sunshine Band. And no, I know no, that that's... Ain't it. Uh -uh. <laughs> But it's along the same line. It's, in the, it's the same format of name. It is the same vein. It is even the same type of. Is it the same type of music? It's the same type of music. I, I don't it's the really same type think of music. So. No. But yeah, yeah, it is. I don't yeah, it is. I don't know. I'm serious. That is. It's Marvin Barry and the Starlighters. Yeah. And this was yeah. a. This is actually a big, a big deal. People thought this was kind of a racist moment because. Uh, Marty McFly plays, uh, oh, what's the song that he plays? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't even remember what it is now. Yep. Uh, but he plays a song, and Marvin Barry is so impressed by it, he goes and picks up a phone and calls his brother Chuck Barry, saying, hey, you know that new sound you were looking for? Well, listen to this. And basically saying that Marty McFly, a white person, inspired you know, the new black like rock and roll era. 
uh, back then. What was that? We just got... Uh, Silver. Silver. What? 350 bits? Dang. So she could get that badge. She got that badge. She got that 1K bits badge. Thank you, Silver. And welcome. Welcome, welcome. Uh, welcome to the... <laughs> the Mo and Topher do their father or do their man of the house. It's really hard to just put a thing. Do the man of the house badly. What's going on here? Uh, 290, 290. bits. <laughs> so where y'all got the badge to? All right. Here we go. Let's Oy. keep it going. Let's keep this train wreck rolling. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's a train wreck. Thank you. That is that is what I was trying to... Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whose turn is it to ask first? It's uh, uh, yours. No, it's yours. Yeah. Uh, what time does the lightning bolt strike the courthouse clock? 10 o'clock p.m. You're really close. I know I am. Go I know for it. I am. Can you nail it down? <laughs> yes, she's really close. Oh, crap. Wait, I'm thinking. <laughs> Sounds like you're Googling. <laughs> no. Oh, crap. No, My no, browser no, really closed. Really <laughs> I'm, like I'm thinking. Trying to back the movie. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Is it like ten oh four thirty or something like that? Huh? What did he just say? What did he just 1004 say? 10.04 and then like thirty seconds. Oh, oh. Something okay. like that. I will. I will give 10-04? it to you because it's ten oh four. Yes. <laughs> so you're up to two two points. Ten oh four thirty. What? Ten oh four. Yeah, it's only ten oh four thirty. Like ten till four thirty. What's going on? Uh, all right. Topher, what is the name yes. of the mall in Hill Valley after Marty comes back from the past? And I will give you the hint that before he goes back to the past, it's called the Twin Pines Mall. Is it just the Pines Mall? Oh, close. Mo. Pine Mall. Also very close. It is the Lone Pine Mall. Dang. Because when he goes back into the past, he knocks down one of the original Twin Pines. (sighs) I should have gotten that. Mo. How what? many? T- now we're getting into like the trivia portion. Here, so. <gasps> How many times was the script rejected before it was finally given the green light from oh, the I, studio? I oh, I've read this. It's We've really actually like, talked about this. It's really on... like over a number, but I'm giving you that number. That's the number they always hit. So what's the number? How many times? <sighs> was it over thirty times? Oh, so close. Uh, Topher, how many times was the script rejected before it was finally given the green light? Over 40 times. Correct. Over 40 times. Y'all are tied up. Three to three now. I was technically right because I said over 30 times and <laughs> yes, 40 is over I made 30. it clear that I'm asking for that specific number. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, Topher. One studio executive suggested they change the name of the movie to what? That's a good question. (laughs) Uh, This sounds right. So I'm going to go with like Blast from the Past. Uh, No, that was a movie starring uh, Brendan Fraser. And I think... Not Alicia Silverstone, just, but somebody like that. It just sounded right to me. <laughs> no, I mean, that's good, too. But no. Uh, Mo? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, the the studio suggested they change the name to Spaceman from Pluto. 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> Steven Spielberg actually saved it by replying that that was a hilarious joke. Keep them coming. Yep. And the executive <laughs> never said anything again. This was that was one of our random facts. <laughs> that was a random fact before, yeah. Yep. All right, uh, Mo. No. According to writer Bob Gale, how did Marty and Doc become friends in the first place? It's a beautiful happenstance. That's my answer. That's not a. That's not a story. <laughs> uh, Topher, <laughs> how did they become friends? If you guess anything close to it, I'm going to give you the point. What? <laughs> uh, garbage. Good question. Uh, They're all good questions, no, son. No clue. Answer. Uh, Marty, like, breaking something of his or, like, breaking into something? Marty breaking something or breaking Marty into breaking, something? Marty breaking or, into his house or something? Or fixing something that was broken or... <laughs> so I'm going to give it to you. Shut up! Marty, sneak, <laughs> Marty sneaks into Doc's lab and was fascinated by the cool inventions. Doc caught him and gave him a part-time job helping out with experiments, tending to the lab, and taking care of Einstein, the dog. I said breaking into his house. And all yeah, that's so that's going to... That's gonna, <laughs> so it's now four to three. <laughs> it's time to start guessing, Mo. It should be, I have been guessing the whole time. A it magical happenstance. It should be four to four because you didn't give me the opportunity to answer the color of the Calvin Klein underwear. You're right, but you I also... You wouldn't have gotten it. I would have. Purple. <laughs> you would now you know it's purple. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Topher. <laughs> Originally, Doc's pet was not a dog, but what animal was it supposed to be? A bird. No. Mo. A turtle. No. Chimpanzee. A oh, okay. But a studio exec was very anti-chimp because he claimed that no movie with a chimp ever made any money. Next question. <laughs> Mo. What gimmicky promotional item did Pizza Hut sell for $1.99 for the release of Back to the Future Part 2? If you guess anything close to it, I'll give you the point. I know this. I know this. I know this. I know this. We have talked about this on the show. <laughs> what gimmicky Pizza Hut item? I'm pretty sure Dunstan was an orangutan. But also, this happened. That movie came out way after Aww, Back to the Future. Oh, Dunstan did. checks out. Oh, that was a good movie. <laughs> I could probably answer more questions it might about have been that a movie than I don't this know. movie. I don't know. Could have been. <sighs> I, don't I need, know. need an answer. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you have to guess something. Breadsticks. I don't know. That's not a promotional item. I don't know, Matthew. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Tover. Uh, a bag? No, a bag. but that's a good guess because that would be a promotional item. <laughs> <laughs> they gave out solar shades, pointy futurist, oh. futuristic sunglasses for $1.99. Maybe we didn't talk about that. I don't think so. Because that doesn't sound familiar at all. <laughs> all right, Topher. Which member of the royal family attended the London premiere of Back to the Future? Um, I don't know his name, but the prince. There's a lot of them. 
the his name's Charles, Prince Charles. Prince Charles? No. No. Queen Elizabeth. Wrong. Oh, Aww. man. It was Princess Diana. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Princess Diana came, and she actually sat next to Michael J. Fox. And Michael J. Fox uh, told the story about how he really needed to pee uh, before the movie even started. But he felt like he could not leave because he was sitting next to a princess. And so he sat there miserable for the entire movie, the premiere, the first time he'd seen it. Just because he was sitting next to the princess. So poor Michael. <laughs> I thought for sure it was gonna be Queen Elizabeth. No. <laughs> that would have been cool. All but right. Like, I, I was gonna say that, but I was like, that's just the obvious answer. And it's not right. <laughs> All right, Mo. What back to the future line did Ronald Reagan quote in his nineteen eighty six State of the Union? Where do we go from here? No. Um, no. <laughs> Topher. <laughs> Do you have a guess? Um, don't know any quotes. So, <laughs> uh, you've got to go back? Uh, no, that'd be a good guess. No, he quoted, where we're going, we don't need roads. Oh, I said. do know that quote. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, I do. All right. Uh, Topher, what Lord yes. of the Rings actor made his debut in Back to the Future Part 2? Again, I don't know any actors' names. Uh, Lark is saying you know nothing. In the chat. I do know nothing. <laughs> in terms of Back to the Future, yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> yes, he was. He was my favorite character in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Mo. He was Schmeagol. Gandalf. No, I need the actor's name. I don't name, know his name. So. I don't know anybody's name other than, other than. See, I don't even remember his name. <laughs> What is his name? Elijah Wood. Yes. Really? Yes. Elijah Wood made hey. his debut. Oh. He was one of the kids oh. who was trying to get an old timey cafe 80s wild gunman video game started. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Number four, four, right? four, four. Y'all are tied and there's only two questions left. Oy vey. <laughs> All right. This is, these, these are, these are hard. Um, I bet they're not. <laughs> Terribly hard to someone who knows the movie. <laughs> Mo. What? In the newspaper from the alternate timeline 1985, where Biff is a basically a totalitarian millionaire, the main headline of the paper was Emmett Brown committed. However, the next highest headline was a story about President Richard Nixon. Can you tell me what the headline was? Nixon eats McDonald's. Huh? <laughs> Topher, do you have a guess? Uh, Nixon eats Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> it was Nixon to seek fifth term with the subheadline of vows to end Vietnam War by 1985. Okay. All right. <laughs> Last one, Topher. <laughs> 
Which Back to the Future? You have like a one in three shot here. Okay. Which okay. Back to the Future movie was Thomas Wilson's favorite? He's the actor that played Biff, Griff, and Mad Dog Tannen in the three movies. Which movie was his favorite? The second one. Incorrect. Mo. The first one. <sighs> Incorrect. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Ready? 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 Topher, we know it. You ready? The third one. <laughs> Part three was his favorite because he got to learn how to rope, ride, and shoot. Quite a fun experience for a guy from Philadelphia. Okay. Well, guys, um, you tied, which technically means Topher does not get the prize of a sticker that says, I beat Mo." No, we got to do a tiebreaker. I don't have a tiebreaker. I didn't expect y'all to be so bad at this. Google something. (laughs) No. We can let okay. let let Oriel ask a question, or hold let on. no hold on. I have I have I have a question. question. I have a question. Or, I don't or know if this will. Anybody can ask a question. I don't know if this will save the game because it's another question. It's another piece of trivia I know, but one of you would have to answer correctly. Okay. So, what does Tom Wilson do when the guy who played Biff Griff from Mad Dog Tannen? do when a fan comes up to ask him a question about the movies? First person to answer it correctly gets the point. We're just going to sit here because neither one of us just are talk, going to... Just talk. Just guess. What do you think he would do? Oh. What would you do in it's, that situation? It's them. Bees mean. Bees mean. Bees mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> He dances, he sings, he, I don't, does a monkey impersonation. He, I don't know. Sings a song. I can't even think uh, of anything that he does characteristically in the movie. So, other than is a jerk. Okay, well, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about what you think you would do if you were an actor in a famous movie who 36 years later, you're still being asked the same 10 questions he over says, and over I don't and over know. again. <laughs> He says, I don't know. He says, go ask Michael J. Fox. <laughs> that, that's what he uh, says. He, he has answers printed and he hands them printed answers. That's actually not a bad answer. That's the answer. Is it really? He has, really? He has printed up cards. <laughs> <laughs> he has printed up cards that have all the answers to the most common questions, including like Marty Mc, or, uh, Michael J. Fox is a, a fun guy to act with. I'm not in touch with him right now. You know, that kind of <laughs> stuff over and over again. I don't know what he's doing right now. These kind of things. My favorite movie was part three because I got to rope ride and shoot all these things. Did you say hooey gooey? He said, really? <laughs> he said, really? He said, really? He said, hooey-gooey. <laughs> I said, hooey-gooey, of course. That's what it sounded like. All right, Topher. Oh, hooey-gooey. Topher, you get to be the second winner. Whatever. Of an I Beat yeah. Mo sticker, which should be available by the time we come back from our break. <laughs> they're, okay. they're, they're in the mail. I'm still the champion in our Discord. <laughs> hey, I did find out. Sorry. Yeah, Topher, we're, we're done with you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Love you. Have a good night. You did a good job. I appreciate Well, right. I mean, you did a job. I don't you know did if a either job. of you. I, don't know I if, did a job. I don't know if the job either of you could be qualified as a, 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 a good. good job. Yeah. And that's fair. I think you're, 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 I think Chris has grounds to divorce the whole family. Ah! 
but I, <laughs> I do not take pride in tonight. <laughs> but we did make it through. It was a struggle, but we're here. When preparing, <laughs> neither one of us ever thought to prepare Back to the Future. Thanks, Topher. Have a good night, man. See ya. <laughs> Oh, my son. Oh, gracious. Okay, so you okay. were going to say you did find out. So I did find out. What was I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. What were we talking about? Dang it. I lost my train of thought. Uh, Topher said ooey gooey. No, it was beyond that. Uh, wow. Wow. That's the, stickers? That's the age thing. Oh, um, is it the stickers? No. Okay. But I do remember. I... <laughs> Sorry, I got excited because uh, you get excited when you're old and you forget something, but then you get to it again. Like, it's it's an exciting moment. Last week, I was talking about how I don't own either of the titles. Well, apparently, I forgot that I did win the wrestling podcast title. That's what... That's... From that's John what? last week. Really? And so I do have a title. So I'm not a total loser. I'm just a half loser. Okay. Because y'all saw how Mo did tonight. I lost to that. <laughs> Yeah. That's, You're a that's, big that's old painful. loser. Because <laughs> you lose to me every single week. Uh, so Lark put in a question. What was the question? Uh, which uh, Back to the Future movie has Lark not seen? The second one. She has not seen the second one. Um, I have no idea. Oh, she just gave away the fact that Oriole is the one. Number two. Hey! That's uh, the best one. It's just like Star Wars. A, the second one's the best one. It's a tie again. They go <laughs> to the future. They go to the past. That was, the middle. that was redemption for me not having the opportunity to answer purple underwear. Look, you got the I'm advantage looking. with uh, Brian, and it still didn't help you. Because there was one answer I didn't let Brian guess. And it still didn't give you the win, so. Whatever. <laughs> oh, goodness. We're going to take a break right there. When we come back, Tales of Florida Man. Stick around. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So I'm an avid comic book reader. I read for a large portion of my teenage years, but then I started in 2003, like really reading comic books again, and I haven't stopped reading since. There was like a brief period in 2009 where I was grumpy and tried to protest the whole killing Batman thing, air quotes, and said, I'm not going to read comics because they're killing Batman. That didn't work. I totally read comics and they only halfway killed Batman. But anyway... I'm behind. You see, normally I'm on a schedule because we do the Pull as podcast, and I have to read comics so that every two weeks we can talk about it, but with us taking a summer break and me traveling around with camps and cons and everything else, I'm really, really, really behind. Uh, I've just started accumulating comics in this big milk crate, and I, I, I have dozens just kind of stacked up, hundreds of dollars worth of comics that I've been meaning to read and like I'm lugging these things all over the country with me like I drove them down to Florida saying oh I'll read this whole pile while I'm in Florida didn't read a single one and now I'm currently sitting on a mountaintop in Alabama and saying oh I'll get free time and I'll read these comics then and maybe 
maybe it'll happen. Maybe this will be the time. But all I know is me lugging around this giant crate of comic books and not reading them isn't functional and it isn't helpful. And uh, I just keep buying more and adding it to the pile without actually reading them. I added like 18 this week before I drove to camp. But it just reminds me of Psalm 119. And as the psalmist states here, verse 15, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Verse 16 says, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. As I look at my giant, expensive paper weight of paper, I realize I'm neglecting the comic books that I'm purchasing. But more than that, I think most of us get in places where actually spending time in God's word just kind of becomes a background noise and we end up neglecting his word. Where are you at? Are you neglecting or are you delighting? Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And coming up, the adventures of Florida Man. But before we do anything else, I've got five random facts for you. Ooh, are they about meat? No. Because it's meteor day. Random. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The turkey was almost named the national animal. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't, I think it was like Ben Franklin that wanted it to be the turkey. Really? Yeah. Like it was someone, someone, someone big, one of them big founding fathers was really pushing for the national animal to be a turkey. I think it would have been (laughs) strange. (laughs) Uh, Jeanette Rankin was elected to Congress four years before women could even vote. What? Yeah. She, woman could, women couldn't vote, but they could be elected to Congress. Apparently so. That's messed up. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. But also kind of cool that yeah. she won. Yeah. With no women voting. Exactly. It gives a little bit of hope, Progress. although that was years ago. Um, maybe we should go back. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mo said it, not me, guys. <laughs> Write your letters to Mo. <laughs> Joseph Stalin used to have people removed from photos after they died or were removed from office. Weird. Can you, so there was some sort of history there to believe like their spirit within the picture living on. And that's why he had them removed. But that makes me wonder how many people were actually at Events or places or oh, and now there's no record. And there's of it. no proof of it now. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. they were removed. Interesting thought. Is, yeah, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Mary of Mary had a little lamb was a real person, and the song is based on a true story. Yeah, it, it, it was also like the number one in the top forty for like two years. Really? Like it played on the radio yeah. as the most popular song. Okay. When it came out. Isn't that nuts? That is very strange. But that was the the wop of its day. 
<laughs> wow. See where we've come since then? Yeah. From Mary Had a Little Lamb yeah. to whatever the heck we got now. <laughs> I wasn't certain you were going with heck there. I'm glad uh, you did. Well, I wanted to go harder on that, but I just don't know. I don't know. All right. Lastly, keep the job here. that's fair. <laughs> lastly, in 2016, Mozart sold more albums than Beyonce. In 2016? In 2016. How are they going to do the Bayhive like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, we got some tales of Florida man here. Uh, just our favorite superhero of all time. Uh, first up, Florida man sentenced to a decade in jail for mail theft. Listen up. All you people who stock homes that have uh, Amazon packages at the door and swipe them, because that's what this guy did, okay? A South Florida man will spend up to 10 years in federal prison for stealing mail. The United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Florida made the announcement through the advisor, official advisory. A 26-year-old Miami man has been sentenced to 10 years in federal prison for stealing mail and packages from mailboxes, porches, and other areas of several homes in Miami and Coral Gables. Okay? Several. Not a hundred, but like a dozen. Okay? So if this is one of your national pastimes... Mm -hmm. Of stucking out, like the odds of you getting caught for this are skyrocketing. Oh, with yeah. all the ring doorbell cameras and everything out there. Yep. Like yep. every day I have a new thing in my ring app of a video of somebody coming up and stealing someone's package off their porch. Uh huh. 10 years in prison. You know, and it doesn't even have to be the person's camera who mm -hmm. catches you. Mm -hmm. It can be their neighbor across the street who mm -hmm. still catches you from their camera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. It's yeah. just a dumb thing to do, especially when you don't even know what you're picking up. Exactly. You steal a box and it's full of uh, HDMI cables. What's that going to get you? Mm -hmm. Nothing. HDMI cables was a lot cleaner than what I was thinking. <laughs> Next up, Florida man <laughs> allegedly pulls a gun on a Starbucks employee over a botched order. Oh, my word. But this wasn't just any employee. He just wanted some cream cheese for his bagel. But when a Florida man allegedly pulled a gun at a Starbucks drive-thru irate over a botched order, he unwittingly brandished a firearm at the local police chief's daughter, who was working the counter according to Miami Gardens authorities. Chief Delma Noel Pratt told local media that her 23-year-old daughter was berated with verbal and physical threats before she handed the driver his cream cheese and he drove off. Cream cheese. Cream cheese? Cream cheese. Mm -hmm. Look, yeah. guys, I've driven through the drive-thru and gotten a messed up order before. Like, if you go to McDonald's and you order chicken nuggets and they forget to give you any sauces, your life is over for about 10 minutes. You know, you're inconsolable. And so you have to go back around and get them or go inside and get them. Otherwise, your, your day's ruined. And so I've been upset before, but never so upset that I would just whip out a firearm because I was upset over some barbecue sauce that was missing. Mm -hmm. But apparently there are some people that that's just the last straw. <laughs> yeah. And... That had to start really early in his day. 
<laughs> this was breakfast. It's true. <laughs> By breakfast, he was already done. You're going to flip and forget my cream cheese. It's going to be the last time you forget anything. Well, the dude's arrested now. Just, I mean, you could figure that out. <laughs> but wouldn't that be terrifying? It'd be awful. Terrifying. Absolutely As somebody awful. who 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 has worked in like fast food before, which this equates to, essentially. Yeah. Working at a drive-thru. Like... Had I've had somebody like be irate at the window before for a slight mess up on an order. We've had somebody come back and like slam their food down on the counter and things like that, saying, "What's this? What's this? There's mustard on this, dude." Okay, I asked for no mustard, and you freaking put mustard on it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, less than five percent of people actually order special orders, it's almost always made the exact same way, and we get into the habit of... Muscle memory. Yeah, muscle memory. Uh Uh-huh. So this is going to happen. You just kind of got to roll with the punches. Well, I drove all the way home, dude, and I had to come all the way back here. That's why you check your special order before you leave. That's a common sense thing. This is your mistake, really. Like, (laughs) Like, we'll gladly replace it for you, but the fact that you're all this upset, that's all on you at this point, because you went home. That's fair. Before checking it. That's fair. (laughs) Anywho, last up, Florida man arrested for attacking his daughter with a pizza after she didn't want to eat it with him. Talk about daddy issues. Florida man's been arrested for allegedly attacking his daughter with a pizza after she said she wanted to be alone. On an afternoon of Sunday, May 23rd, Tyler Worden, 41, visited the Vero Beach home of his 20-year-old daughter, Kristen. Uh, He brought a pizza for them to eat together, but she told him she wasn't feeling well and asked him to leave, according to the arrested affidavit. Uh, The daughter told police that her father became angry and refused to leave. He allegedly argued with her in the doorway of her home. She said he had allegedly begun to throw slices of pizza at her, hitting her in the face. The daughter began to yell at her father and called 911. Uh, Police, uh, after he allegedly refused to leave, uh, when Officer Jonathan Lazada from the Vero Beach Police Department responded to the woman's call, he discovered tomato sauce on her face. Lazada also found pizza toppings covering the entryway of the woman's home. Uh, The father claimed that he only threw the pizza after he thought she had closed her front door. Uh, But the officer did not believe the claim because of the physical location during the argument. The woman's outward swinging front door led Lozada to conclude there's no way that Tyler could not have seen the door was open when he threw the pizza. Uh, Also noted that the father had a strong odor odor of alcohol on his breath. Uh, Misdemeanor charge throwing pizza, people. Misdemeanor charge. I mean... Uh, Depending but, on how hot the pizza was, it could have oh, really done some damage. Legit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And had it have had this story, like I'm so skeptical now of all news. Like had this story not also mentioned that there were pizza toppings like all over the entryway, had it just been like she hit him with pizza, hurt, hurt her with hit her with pizza. I might not fully believe it. Yeah. Because of the inclusion of she found pizza sauce on her face oh yeah because your initial reaction when you get hit with food is you wipe the food off your face you don't just leave it there that seems like a that seems like in my mind like all right i'm gonna get my dad arrested i'm gonna take the slice of pizza and i'm gonna wipe it on my face and i'm gonna claim that you hit me with it and uh (laughs) like that's how that's how cynical i've become reading the news these days that's fair (laughs) 
But anyway, mm-hmm. as we mentioned earlier, today is our season six finale. Uh, and our topic for today is set to random. Hmm. There have been quite a few smaller stories that uh, we thought of covering, but realized it wouldn't really be a very long segment. So today we're going to cover a bunch of things in what we're calling the back row roulette. Okay. Mm. So uh, we got a few small stories. And we're just going to give like one or two thoughts on them each. Okay. okay? So first okay. one, uh, there's a new app for teenagers called IRL, which is, you know, an acronym for in real life. It's a new social networking uh, app taking on Facebook groups. It has about 12 million users already. It is geared towards teens and younger adults. Uh, the app is specifically for discovering events and messaging as a group. Uh, and it's been quietly growing over the past year. And uh, has just attracted a giant donation uh, of $170 million. Wow. Uh, which values now the company at $1 billion and has now become a viable candidate to take on Facebook groups. And the reason that it exists is because uh, more and more younger people are now getting off Facebook. It's mm-hmm. becoming the old people hangout. <laughs> yeah. It's not really fun for younger people anymore. And so there wasn't really another app for this. It was, there wasn't another app for groups where you can make events and talk about specific topics like this uh, in much the similar way Facebook group works. Um, but again, it is also at, uh, you know aimed at teenagers, minors, and young adults. And so without much parental guidance on it, it's also rife for, uh, well, you not really knowing what your child's up to. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I hate it. (laughs) I won't lie. I hate it. I hate anything that my teenagers have access to that could open up doors for really bad things. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> the company that is that has donated this this uh, big amount of money is uh, named SoftBank. And uh, the only other thing that it invests in in the social media industry is uh, ByteDance, which is the company that runs TikTok. Hmm. So very tied in to TikTok. In fact, early on, advertisements for IRL were pretty much exclusively influencers from TikTok talking about it so okay that should make you feel worse about it that's mm-hmm. what i'm saying yeah <laughs> uh more social media news instagram is testing uh a feature to finally allow you to post to instagram from a desktop laptop pc or apple book mm-hmm. i'm assuming mm-hmm. instead of exclusively through your phone yeah i you can You've always been able to go to Instagram. Right. Just not post. Just not post anything. Yeah. yeah. Which I, th- I have always thought is very strange. Mm-hmm. Very odd. I don't think you were always able to go to Instagram. Okay. I think that happened after Facebook bought it. I'm pretty sure before Facebook bought it like five years ago, it was only online. I mean, only on the phone. Only an app on I'm your phone. I'm almost certain. That maybe. I think you could share specific pictures to Facebook. But it would still like require the Instagram app to like open the, the user's account or something like that. That may be accurate. Yeah. Because I do remember I used to be I used to be a toy photographer for um, a company called Complete Set. Uh, they were a, a collector's 
uh, startup thing that ultimately failed, I think. <laughs> but I was I was helping them out with the hope of eventually getting a paid position. But again, didn't pan out. Uh, but I was a toy photographer, so I was doing a thing called uh, Pop Mat, uh, where I did toy photography for Funko Pops, and I also like curated their Funko Pop section for their website. And I I like to put all my toy photography photos into like collective printout books. Mm-hmm. But that was really hard to do because the only way I could get my photos was through the app. And then like halfway through that, it changed to where you could see it online now. And because it was online on the PC, uh, there were now apps that would allow you to download all those photos. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is so much easier <laughs> than screenshotting yeah. or importing all my things from the other. Uh, yeah. So I like I like this. I would have liked it more if it happened uh, five years ago. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it would make things a lot easier. Yeah. Because before, you know, you'd edit photos. And I'm sure this is the same for a lot of creators on Instagram. It's like... For a long time, if you wanted to really heavily edit a photo, you went on your computer. You did it in Photoshop. You did it in Adobe. You did it in you know a program you've taught yourself. You know for the last five years, it was before all these different apps came out. Really, the only filters that existed were the ones that were in Instagram, mm-hmm. and those got old really quick because yep. they never updated them. Never mm-hmm. had more, and so you would have to take that photo on your phone, probably. Move it to your computer, edit it a whole bunch, then put it back on your phone in order to post it. That's a job at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is a great feature. It's just way too late. Yeah. Way too late. All right. Uh, our good buddy, uh, Jim Baker. Oh, goodness. Uh, has been ordered to pay $156,000 because of his COVID cure. Uh, claim that he made early on in the pandemic. Okay. So Jim Baker uh, and his church will pay that restitution, $156,000, to settle a lawsuit that accuses TV pastor of falsely claim. I'm going to put pastor in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Falsely claiming a health supplement cure could uh, a health supplement could cure COVID-19. He was hucking silver solution. Which is just, you know, th- this has been around for a long time. And yeah. There are some health benefits to it, but. Isn't it used for burns usually? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. This is like when you take it orally. Oh, okay. Um, but they they came on and these these are the things that they said. They were advertising or selling Silver Solution to diagnose, prevent, mitigate, treat, or cure any disease or illness. It was literally any disease or illness. This solution is going to take care of it. And uh, when they had the, when when they had their show focused on uh, the coronavirus, they said, uh, "Where is it at?" They said, "It hasn't been tested on this strain of the coronavirus, but it has been tested on other strains of the coronavirus, and it has been able to eliminate it within twelve hours." Jim Baker says, "Yeah," and the other guy he had on says, "Totally eliminate it, kills it, deactivates it." Interesting. And so they would give this away. You could either you could either buy the bottle directly, or they would give you a free bottle if you contributed eighty to one hundred and twenty five dollars to the ministry quote unquote uh, of Morningside Church. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there are there there's 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 no evidence <laughs> that it has ever helped cure the coronavirus of any kind, 
let alone COVID-19, and they're finally having to pay for it. Of course, they're saying that, uh, well, there's no findings whatsoever that uh, we've violated any laws or misled anybody. Which, of course, is what you would say. (laughs) Yeah. You're a huckster scam artist who's just doing the exact same things again that he got put in prison for before. (sighs) Burn. That was the quiet part, everybody. And <laughs> last one for this this section of the roulette. Okay. Uh, Southern Baptists approve major investigation into abuse response. Okay. So we talked about a couple times now uh, how you know we have there is this big problem in the Southern Baptist Church with uh, abuse uh, incidents being raised. And kind of dismissed or kind of brushed aside. And there was even like an inquiry by some executive committee. And most of the stuff was just kind of like, well, this wasn't as bad as it looked. Let's push it aside. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of people felt this was a very bad job at doing this. And so what the one of the big calls was to take this stuff more seriously this year before the Southern Baptist Convention like thing met Uh, a couple weeks ago. They they. They uh, elected a new president. I don't remember what his name is now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they, they put forth this thing of we really need to take Ed Litton. Ed Litton. I'm sorry. He's a new one. Uh, but they have this executive committee, the decision-making body with the, within the denomination that, uh, that had declined to do a similar proposal to amend its own investigation just two days before. Uh, so they worked expediously to apply uh, a new motion, uh, which was to allow another team to now investigate both the executive committee and reinvestigate all of the incidents. Interesting. Uh, it was it was voted on uh, in a landslide. Pretty much, there were several pastors who got up alongside uh, victims. Uh, in the meeting to give their take on it and why it has to happen uh, and why the the investigations have to be more thorough. And this has to be something that we take seriously, not only just as people, but as believers. We we have to take this seriously. And so they're doing it. Uh, This seems to be a big win. Everybody's on, on board that this has to happen and this is good. And everyone was worried about this. Yeah. Uh, everyone was, a lot of people were arguing what needs to happen, what's going to happen. A lot of people just ready to leave the, S, uh, the, uh, SBC entirely. And we talked about that Yep. either last week or the week before as well. And, uh, so this is a step in the right direction. Yeah. It's not everything that needs to happen, but it's definitely the first right thing. I think it's really uh, that we've had in this. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. But let's take a uh, a quick break. And when we come back, we got even more stories and topics to comment on before our season break. Stick around. This week in nerd history, really feel the music. 
That was the 1981 slogan for the Sony Walkman, a brand of portable cassette players originally released in Japan on July 1st, 1979. Sony predicted it would sell 5,000 units a month. However, just two months in, they had already sold 30,000. Within a year, it would be released to the U.S. as well as it quickly caught on as a global trend. The Walkman allowed people to listen to the music of their choice on the go. Prior to its release, the only portable music device had been a radio. The first prototype was built from a Sony Pressman, a compact cassette recorder released for journalists in 1977. Throughout the 80s, new versions would be released with upgrades including inverse mounting, soft touch buttons, smaller sizes, auto reverse, rechargeable batteries, remote controls, and even a solar panel. Within a decade of the launch, Sony held half the market share for portable cassette players, and soon the terms cassette player and Walkman became interchangeable. The Walkman is credited both with changing the way people listen to music, but also changing the way people connect to technology. It also caused such a rise in people wearing headphones in public that some cities banned their use outdoors due to pedestrian-involved accidents being on the rise. While the Walkman brand would go on to be used for CD players, MP3 players, and the like, the cassette player will always be the historical turning point. After creating and selling roughly 200 million cassette-based Walkman players, production stopped in 2010. However, the Walkman name still lives on with a line of digital audio and media players. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And today it's the Back Row Roulette. That's right. We're taking on a bunch of topics, a bunch of smaller topics maybe that uh, wouldn't warrant full shows, but are worth talking about. Yeah. Uh, and let's just get right back to it. Uh, first up, Windows 11 is uh, pretty much going to shove Skype into some virtual closet. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, for many reasons. Number one, when Windows 10 came out, they promised that this was going to be the last Windows. <laughs> like they were just going to keep updating this Windows. Okay. And uh, n now Surprise. Windows 11 is coming out. Yeah. And so they lied to us. Uh, <laughs> and I'm also very worried because I, I quite like Windows 10. And it tends to be the every other one that goes wrong. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, it used to be, it tends to be the odd number windows go wrong, but they skipped nine entirely. They went from eight to 10. Um, but this, wait, hold on. Is that right? No, I'm, I'm sorry. It used to be the, e used to be the even number. I'm sorry. It used to be the even numbers that went wrong because windows seven was amazing. And they're like, this is the best windows we've ever created for the next one. Let's change everything <laughs> and make it. So bad that people will beg to go back to Windows 7. And that's exactly what happened. Okay. They moved to that tile system. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. Everybody hated it. No more start menu or anything. It was just garbage. Yep. Garbage, garbage, garbage. All based around the thought that everything was going to move to touchscreens, even desktop PCs. And like, sure, I have a touchscreen. I ain't touching it all that much. Because I'm used to using a computer like a computer. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's beside the point. The main reason I want to bring this up was poor Skype. There was a, um, there's, there's a YouTube channel called College Humor that does uh, 
uh, they're usually not safe for work, uh, cuss wise. But uh, there's a series called CEO that okay. I, that a guy named Brennan Murphy, I think, I don't know, Brennan something, does, uh, where he comes out as a CEO of certain companies. Okay. Like uh, CEO of of uh, GoFundMe, CEO. I think the first one was CEO of Tide, where he was talking about how don't eat the Tide Pods, and then he was showcasing a bunch of new products that they were coming out with, and they all looked like candy or food. And he's just yelling at everybody in the studio, like, "Why are we doing this? Hmm. <laughs> Try our new uh, Dawn." Uh, dish bonbons, and he pours it out, and it's like dinner mints, Ew. those big <laughs> peppermint dinner mints. He's like, "Am I crazy, or does this look exactly like a dinner mint?" <laughs> and then the last one was like a, a hamburger. He's like, "That's a hamburger. That's a razor. That's a razor. Yeah, <laughs> that's a Gillette razor. Yeah." Give me some shaving cream right now. Uh- and he puts it on. He's all, "If this doesn't shave my face." I'm coming for you. You understand this, right? He wipes it down. He's all, oh my gosh, that's the closest shave I've ever had. <laughs> it's just this crazy thing. Um, but anyway, he did one about Skype just uh, just recently. And it was all about how Skype is ticked off at the world. Okay. Because they switched to Zoom during the pandemic. Yeah. It's about how we were primed and ready for this. We had already co-opted the term for a virtual meeting. You didn't go and virtually meet with people. You Skyped with people. We were the verb. And then the pandemic rolled around and you dumped us. Except you didn't say dumped. It's like we had we had our name in your mouth. We had our app in your pocket. It came standard with most of your devices, and you just uh, left us on the dance floor and went to some pretty young thing that just walked in the room. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that really is true. It really Skype is. has been around for so long. How did they not? Make a billion dollars during COVID. I don't know. Zoom, something I'd never heard of. Uh huh. (laughs) I do have to say, though, we used to use Skype when we were in Italy Mm -hmm. to talk with family, you know, back here. And it's awful. (laughs) I hated it every single time. I hated it. It was not easy to use. Yeah. It. I think it might be easier now. I, you know, I mean, they were the fir- they were the first, essentially. Sure. They were the first ones to really become popular. Anyway, I don't know if they were the very first yeah. video chat thing, but they were the game changer. And I'm sure over time they got better. But I think most of our experiences with Skype were very limited because it wasn't a necessary thing. Right. And they were early on when it first came out, and was probably very difficult to use. Very garbage. And so when this happened and everybody was now having to use virtual meetings and things, they're like, well, I've tried Skype in the past. I don't want to go back it's to that. It's not reliable. What's the Zoom thing? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just not fair. So Microsoft bought them you know, a few years back, and now they're going to shove it into kind of a closet. It'll still be in Windows 11. But it'll be like a part of Google Teams. It won't be anything that you normally see. It won't be used as a standard call somebody kind of thing like they used to be. And it's just sad. It's a sad moment. (laughs) Pour one out for poor Skype. (laughs) (laughs) Not dead yet, but might as well be. But on the way. (laughs) 
Next up. Uh, okay, so there's a, there's a they had the picture there that I didn't know was there. Uh, but this is it. Uh, well, okay. I have to scroll back up because the title is above it. So there we go. Fast. There we are. Hot tub live streamers broadcasting in bikinis on Twitch have divided the platform's community. Okay. Scroll down without looking at the screen. Uh, Twitch has seen a wave of streaming from hot tubs and pools over the course of this year, just since the beginning of this year. It's dubbed hot tub meta streams. Uh, it's a wave of women in bikinis just doing things. Some of them are playing games, but mostly they're just talking with people on Twitch. And this kind of seems more like uh, softcore pornography than what Twitch really was for. And that's causing a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, even uh, like in my own brain. I'm like, well, I like Twitch, but I don't want that to be what Twitch becomes. And that seems like something that will really take off. Yeah. Because all that kind of stuff really takes off. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. So this year, live streaming platforms seen a wave of women creators who just sit in hot tubs or pools while talking to their viewers. Uh, Thousands of concurrent viewers have been watching these streams, and uh, yeah, there's there's a large, large segment of the streaming community who's saying they're they're just using this as a a softcore mm -hmm. pornography website, something that you you are essentially doing what uh, like live cam pornography websites do that exist. It's you do stuff in front of cameras so people will give you money to do more stuff in front of cameras. It's really sad. Yeah. It's so really this is just a version that, I mean, this is a version that assumingly doesn't have any nudity involved because that's not allowed on Twitch. Right. However, these are live streams. And so those kind of things certainly could happen. Right. And uh, there's not really a... Uh, 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 a ability on Twitch beyond just like a warning that this is adult content. There's no like way to monitor filter who, that out. Yeah. And Twitch allows you to join the, the platform when you're 13. So, I mean, there's no, there's no, if they're going to continue to go this route, they're going to have to make a 18 uh, and up segment that can be verified somehow. Yeah. Uh, in order to do this. So, I mean, I just, it's, it's a bad idea. It's a bad road to go down guys. It really is. Uh, there's plenty of websites where they can do this. And it's very discouraging from a parental standpoint. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's happening. Just Great. so you know, everybody, Great. just in case you wanted to sleep tonight. Now you can't. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this last one's going to be a little bit longer. Uh, this is an article that I found interesting from Relevant, uh, relevantmagazine.com. It's called Five Things I Wish Christians Would Admit About the Bible. So we haven't done a list in a while. Totally. So I'm going to go through this list and see if we agree with what it says. This is, uh, this is, by, this is a, a, a full staff article, so it's not just a one article. One. One author. author. Thank you. You're welcome. <sighs> We've been recording a lot this week. I'm sorry. Can't talk anymore. <laughs> so five things they wish uh, Christians would admit about the Bible. We're going to read each one of them, see if we agree, give our thoughts. First up, the Bible isn't a magic book. 
The Bible isn't the good book. It really isn't a book at all. It's a lot of books. It's a library. It's 66 individual books run through the diverse gamut of writing styles, poetry, history, biography, church teaching, letters. And those books have dozens of authors, from shepherds to prophets to doctors to fishermen to kings. These diverse writers each had very different target audiences, uh, disparate life circumstances. Uh, stances and specific agendas for their work. So we don't approach each book the same way. For the same reason, you wouldn't read a poem about leaves the same way you read a botany textbook. Some are for inspiration and some are for information, and we receive and see them differently. If we can see the scriptures this way, as many diverse works telling one story in one collection, Christians can free themselves from the confusion about what they mean when they say literal. We don't have to equate history with allegory, with poetry, or read them in the same way. We can also see the Bible as a record, not just of God, but of God's people, and we can find ourselves within it. I don't fully disagree. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think their their distinction of what it is is accurate. Mm -hmm. So I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that. that. Okay. Okay. I can get on board with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, the Bible isn't as clear as we'd like it to be. Often, especially when arguing, Christians like to begin with the phrase, the Bible clearly says, followed by their scripture soundbite of choice. Those people aren't always uh, taking the entire Bible into account. And if we're honest, the Bible contains a great deal of tension and a whole lot of gray on all types of subjects. For example... We can read the clear Old Testament commandment from God not to murder and later see Jesus telling his disciples that violence isn't the path his people are to take. But we also see God telling the Israelites to destroy every living thing in enemy villages, women and children included. And we read of Moses murdering an Egyptian soldier without recourse from God. That's why some Christians believe all violence is sinful, while others think shooting someone in self-defense is okay. Some find war justifiable in some cases, while some believe all war is inherently immoral. Same Bible, one subject, several perspectives. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that truth is relative, that God doesn't have an opinion on violence or that he hasn't given us his opinion in the Bible. It's just that the answer may not be as clear and straightforward as we like to pretend it is. Yeah. Many times when Christians say the phrase, the Bible clearly says, what they really mean is the way I interpret this one verse allows me to feel justified in having this one perspective. When you read and study this library in its totality, there are certainly themes and continuities and things that connect ex, uh, exquisitely, but, it's, but if we're honest, we can also admit that there are ambiguities. It doesn't diminish the scriptures to admit that they are complex. On the contrary, most great works throughout history are. Again. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. This one might sound a little more controversial. I don't think I'll ever be able to hear somebody say the Bible clearly states and not laugh at it <laughs> again. So. Right, number three, the Bible was inspired by God, not dictated by God. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. I have, I know of several people who will, would immediately spit in my face <laughs> just for saying that line without any context. Okay. Christians will often rightly say that the Bible was inspired by God, and I completely agree. However, the idea often gets twisted in translation. The Bible is God's word, but we need to be careful about what we mean when we say it was written by God. 
These are the words of men who were compelled by God to tell not only what they claim to have heard God say, but things happening in and around them, their struggles, personal reasons for writing, and specific experience of God. Of course, they were inspired by God, but they remained in, uh, inspired human beings, not God-manipulated puppets who checked their free will at the door and transcribed God's monologues like zombies. The book of Timothy says the scriptures are God-breathed, they are uh, that they originate from God, but it doesn't claim that they are God-dictated. What do you think about that? I think I'm speechless. <laughs> What does that mean? I just don't know. <sighs> You're not allowed to be speechless. This is a talk show. <laughs> no, I know. But here's the thing. While I... I don't know. <laughs> I'm feeling pulled in many different directions. Yeah. Because... Because I can understand the words that are being written, but I don't know that I entirely want to. <laughs> and that's just me being honest. I feel like I mostly agree with this. Um, I, I, I feel like that, uh, uh, of course, I, f I feel like I've read into how different writers kind of write and how many of them are influenced just by who the people are. And I feel like you can be God-led, God-directed, but still be writing of your own free will. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the most logical uh, process that it would be. And that's, I don't think this is saying that that means that some of this could be wrong or that some of this could be tainted by man. I just think that it's saying... Like, it wasn't literally God writing everything out word for word, but it was God inspiring people to write on his behalf. Yeah. In their own words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I think, I think that, I don't think there's anything really <sighs> controversial about that. Other than the fact that's just not how we often think about it. Yeah, I don't think that there's anything controversial about it, but I think where the issue lies is that, you know, I fully believe that, okay, <laughs> my thoughts are in a thousand places. Okay, when we, within a Baptist church, when you have a new pastor, you have a pastor search committee mm -hmm. and it's up to those people to go through the interview process and the resumes and everything in order to choose the pastor. Okay. But it is not the pastor search committee that is choosing the pastor. Mm, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It is the, the people on the pastor search committee were prayed for and voted for by the church, put in place by the church as a whole, and really overarching done by God. And then those people in the pastor search committee are then prayed up and seeking God every day in gotcha. order to make the right choice. Right. Okay. 
that being said, there are people still who would be like, you're the one who put this pastor here when things start to go awry. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Okay. Even though trusting and believing six months ago when everything was great and good and grand that God had placed all of those things into motion. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's the best way that I can kind of visualize how all of this kind of gets put into place. Gotcha. God, while not physically um, possessing a person (laughs) and using their hands to write, did not actually pen the words of the Bible, but because these people were consciously seeking God on a regular basis and in tune with the, in tune with the Lord, there were things that were divinely given to them mm, okay. to be written. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. I think, I, I mean, it was muddled, but I think it came, came across with everything you said. <laughs> okay. I think you think you're clear and I think you're, you're, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Uh, We all pick and choose the Bible we believe, preach, and defend. Christians often accuse believers with differing opinions of cherry-picking from the Bible, holding tightly to verses they agree with while conveniently jettisoning ones they are uncomfortable with. The only problem is, each time this assertion is made, the one making the accusation conveniently claims objectivity, as if they somehow have a firm, dispassionate understanding of the entirety of Scripture without bias or prejudice, and that the other is violating that. Mm -hmm. So as we mature in our faith, some of us may be able to shake off some of our personal biases and get closer to the true meaning of scripture. But until then, most of us have our own Bible made somewhat in in our image. There are as many specific individual interpretations of scripture in history as there have been readers of it. Mm -hmm. Our understanding and belief about the Bible is a product of our upbringing, the amount of study we've had, the friends we've lived alongside, the area of the world we live in, the experiences we have, and much more. Is it really fair to accuse someone else of selectively using scripture unless we're prepared to admit the same crime in the process? Mm -hmm. I agree with this one, 100%. Oh, yeah. And we all do it, not even realizing it. One hundo P. Uh-huh. All right. Last one. God is bigger than the Bible. Another one of these scary kind of lines that sounds a little heretical, but let's see. This past week... I took a long walk along the beach, taking in the ocean. And for those who've ever done so, you understand the vastness, the staggering beauty and power, the relentless force of the tides. You know the smallness you feel, the overwhelming scale of creation you find yourself face to face with. Billions of words have been written about the ocean. I could gather up every single one of them, the most beautiful, vivid, accurate descriptions from fishermen, marine biologists, and poets. I could read every last word about the ocean to someone who has never been there. And it would never do it justice. There's simply no way to adequately describe the ocean in words. You have to experience it. I wish more Christians would admit that the Bible, at its most perfect and inspired, is a collection of words about the ocean. They are not the ocean itself. God is the ocean. The words in the Bible point to someone for whom words simply fail. The words are filled with good and lovely things that give us some frame of reference, but ultimately God is far too big to be contained in these words. The Bible is not God. The Bible is a library filled with inspired words about God. 
We can discover and explore and find comfort there. We can seek the character of God and the message of Christ in the path we are to walk in its pages. We can even love the Bible. I certainly do. But we should worship the God who inspired the Bible and not the Bible itself. I feel like they could have just put that as the article and it would have been great. <laughs> but what do you think about that? Especially when we think about how uh, Jesus is often called the word of God. Like we, we say that, you know, the, before the world began, there was the word and the world was with God and the word was God. Mm-hmm. That's typically interpreted as being Jesus. And so we often kind of equate the Bible and Jesus as being maybe not the exact same thing, but being internally linked. (laughs) Brain is fried at this point. (laughs) I don't think that I've ever felt a more mind blown kind of situation until just now. (laughs) And not for any other reason other than the fact that I, I would hope that most Christians would know and recognize that God is in fact bigger than the Bible. Yeah. You know, um, and truthfully, just like it was explained in the article in order to truly know and understand the Bible and what it is what it calls of us, what it directs of us, Mm -hmm. you have to experience God. You have to know God. Right. Without knowing God, then yeah, reading the Bible is just going to be like reading any other book. Mm. But until you know God, it's kind of, um, it's not life changing, if you will. You have to know God. Right. In order to be changed by the words within the Bible. Like it's a, it's a key aspect of it. Absolutely. You, you can read the Bible and say, yeah, this is a good moral you mm-hmm. know, philosophy or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's not until you actually have a connection yeah. with, you know, Holy Spirit, God, whatever, however you yeah. want to interpret that, that it actually comes to have deeper meaning. Yeah. There uh, may be some things, some purpose. verses that stick out to you that you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, I should do that. Oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be life changing until you have a relationship with God. Right. Cause that is the life change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I agree with you with that. And I agree with the way they explain this. I think the, the danger is in the way they phrased the, the, the sentence itself. God is bigger than the Bible because I think that that mindset would be misinterpreted by a lot of people into saying that God can still talk to me right now with things that are contradictory to what the Bible says. Okay. Which happens constantly. Okay. It's happening every day on TikTok. I saw somebody on TikTok saying how the whole story about Jesus and Lazarus was not about Jesus actually raising him from the dead. It was about helping him come out as a homosexual. And so when Jesus was saying, Lazarus, come out, that's what he was saying. I'm like, how can you read that? <laughs> into that story. (laughs) 
Like, we're... I mean, yeah, I don't know how he justified it either. <laughs> but it was real, and it happened. Uh, that's happening a lot. There's And there's, uh, there's that happens a lot with televangelists as well. Yeah. We hear them say that they're still getting, like, prophetic words or whatever from God, but many of them contradict things that we've already gotten from God in the Bible, and that's not something that we believe okay. can yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And so to think with the idea of God is bigger than the Bible, I think it's... We really have to make it clear what we mean by that. <laughs> yeah, because I read it as from like a legalistic standpoint. Yeah. You know, there and it goes right back to what, number two or number three, that things are not as clear as we would like for them to be. Right. You know, and number two. Yeah. So there are going to be times where you think you read something and you think that this is what we're supposed to do, how we're what God has directed us to do. And you live life so confined by that restraint, whatever it may be, that you are missing people. You're missing opportunities for worship. You're missing opportunities to draw closer to the Lord because you're leaving, you're living legalistically. Yeah. And so that's how I read the title. That's a path to being a Pharisee right there. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is equally as frowned upon (laughs) in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that is the article. Again, that comes from relevantmagazine.com. The title of it is Five Things I Wish Christians Would Admit About the Bible. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts on this article and what you think about those five things. Uh, I think we mostly agree with everything, with a few just, you know, asterisks in there for clarity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's a pretty good one. Pretty good one. Relevant Magazine does tend to lean a little bit more, I'd say, progressive sometimes, but not full-on progressive Christianity. Not like the dangerous form, but just kind of tiptoeing in that let's ask some uncomfortable questions area. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think can be good. I think it can that be very can be good. very helpful uh, for helping you define your faith. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, we haven't done this in uh, a couple oh, weeks, gosh. so we're going to end this, we this segment with a bad joke. No. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> bad jokes. Here we go. Let's see. Let's see what can be a good one. Come on, load up, load up. Did you hear... About the Italian chef who died? No. He passed away. Oh, he can't. <laughs> as long as you laugh at yourself. That's what's important. Uh, we're going to take one more break. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to share something that we love. More Backroom Morning Show to come. Stick around. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Backrow Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, we're going to share some things that we love. 
uh, summer break. <laughs> for real. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like you said the other day, this is like your first mm-hmm. taste of it, really, because uh-huh. you had to do work on summer school. Uh-huh. Not, well, you're not in summer school, <laughs> but you had to <laughs> facilitate summer school. <laughs> oh, <laughs> forming sentences is hard. Mo's still working on that that uh, <laughs> that degree, guys. Yeah. Degree. No, I need to go to summer school. <laughs> Still working on that GED. That's what I was trying oh, to say. It was like gracious. What Which I guess technically is that is does the D stand for degree in GED? General education, education degree. degree. Is that what it is? I don't know. It might be general education. It diploma just might be yeah or something. I don't, know. I don't think I'm it's a degree. Stupid. I'm too stupid to be making jokes about school. That's fair. I'm sorry. What's something you love, Matt? Uh, I am loving Lego Masters. Oh, the television show? Oh my gosh, yes. It's back for its second season, and it is more phenomenal than ever. If you haven't watched this thing, it's host. first of all, it's hosted by Will Arnett, which uh, he's the greatest host of any uh, reality competition show I've ever seen in my life. The dude is flippin' funny and personable as all heck. I mean, I just love him. I'd I'd kiss this man right on the mouth. Very good strange <laughs> but uh but no the creativity of these people like you see them doing just these crazy outlandish things and they're sitting there doing this for like 16 hours every episode like the building thing mm-hmm. is two-thirds of a day and then they still have to film all the rest of the show part like it is just I, I don't understand how they can do this, and it's it's amazing, and I love it, and it's the most fun reality show I've ever been watching in my life, and just, you should check it out. You mm. should check it out. Remember what we learned about reality TV last week? It's not real. It's not real. Um, I feel like this one might be real. It's not real. Sorry. <laughs> uh, general Educational Development Test. That is what GED stands for. I was way off. It says you may hear other meanings for GED, such as graduate, I can't say that word, equivalency (laughs) degree or general educational diploma. However, GED traditionally stands for general educational developmental test. It's stupid that they let there be that many possible definitions. That should be made clear. Agreed. Just stop calling it a GED. Call it the full name so we don't get confused. Agreed. Let's close with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Psalm 25, 5. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles and all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission to become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can find LTN Radio in the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. Go follow us on all the socials at at the back row LTN, at LTN on air, and at 
Love Thy Nerd. To get more involved with the show and our other projects and to continue the conversation, you can join our Discord at backrowdiscord.com. You can also find us hanging out at the Love Thy Nerd community Facebook group and at lovethynerd.com slash discord. Lastly, remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, ltnonair.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Row Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. All of that helps us out immensely. Join us tomorrow morning for Back Row Week. Rewind. Back we wind. <laughs> As Matt and I bring you back a classic episode of our morning show. And because today is our season finale for the next two weeks, we'll be taking a vacation. During that break, we will be reworking our show a little bit for our big return on July 19th, as well as working on some future Sunday School Answers expansions, including the Love Thy Nerd expansion and the Christmas edition. Mo, final thought? I'm going to enjoy break. <laughs> right? You get a break from two things a now. A break and a break. <laughs> it's a double break. Hopefully it's a, I don't break anything. It's a mini Kit Kat. Give me a break. Give me a break. <laughs> Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd.